You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of Naturopathic Earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Before we begin talking about the inanity that is politics, the website, of course, is Naturopathic Earth. N-A-T-U-R-O-P-A-T-H-I-C-E-A-R-T-H.com. Go check out the articles. I recently wrote one on blueberry cheesecake. I do twi- twice a week I do recipes. Right? Uh, I did an article on an essential oil recipe to mop with. It's very specific to mopping. So go check that out. Also, I have a contributing writer, Grace May. Grace May wrote an article about uh, the power of journaling. And uh, she's going to be contributing now and then. So go check out that article. We do have a essential oil episode coming out on Wednesday on eucalyptus, the euphoria of eucalyptus. I'll be trying to get those out every two weeks, every two weeks. So go check that out. Patreon, donate the money, hit the link on the episode notes. You can do it. $5, $10, $15, whatever you want to contribute, contribute. Confessions of an Obese Child, my ebook, my memoirs about what it was like growing up fat and how I lost the weight. Buy that, $2.99. Kindle, Barnes & Noble Nook, Kindle Unlimited, it's free. If you do read it, post a review on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook, that would help. Read it. It's fun. It's easy. You can read it right before you go to sleep. and It'll make you laugh and make you cry. It'll make you fall asleep. Also, the Amazon links. Click on those on the recipes. That takes it to Amazon. Anything you buy within 24 hours through that link, I get 2% commission at no expense to you. So that helps me out. So do that as well. All right, let's get to it. Let's go. All right, I got my nice green matcha tea. It's all warm. Mm, I love Sencha matcha tea. It's my favorite. I'm ready to get going. Uh, this is the calm part of me because I think this is one of those episodes where I'm just going to do the freaky Gregory. Get all get all worked up kind of things. At the end, I am going to talk about Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones just ended. I'm going to give my take. So if you're not interested in that, I understand that. Just don't listen to the end of this episode. So this episode's about politics and anxiety. A lot of people suffer from anxiety. We do have a couple episodes on Xanax, which is probably the most famous of the benzos uh, or anti-anxiolytic or anti-anxiety drugs. We talk about not mixing that with alcohol. That leads to a lot of overdoses. And we've kind of skirted on anxiety on all the depression episodes. We have a couple of natural remedies for depression and biohacks for depression. We have the one on getting rid of the winter blues. But with anxiety, I want this to be very short and specific to politics. I see a lot of people, and let me give you an example. My, my eldest brother, I have two older brothers. 
Uh, my middle brother is a pharmaceutical manager, so <laughs> clearly his, his my mission statement doesn't necessarily align with his vision. But my eldest brother, he lives in Vermont, and uh, he gets really worked up in politics, and so does my mom. Like when I go visit my mother, they're just watching uh, MSNBC, yeah, and uh, they get all worked up. Trump this, Trump that, Trump that, and, and I and I just tell and and like my brother will spend hours. Several hours a day, just glued to news stations, of course, liberal ones, but glued to news stations, getting all worked up about what the Republicans are doing. or And of course, there's people who are worried, worked up about what the liberals are doing. And they get so consumed by all the politics that they get all angry and worked up or depressed or whatever. And it's just, what is the point? There's nothing you can do about national politics, not to mention it's a complete charade. Okay, so let's cover the charade part. The people who run this country, the ruling elite, okay, they ostensibly belong to two different parties, Republican and Democrat, of course. Now, we want to think as constituents and like, you know, like we like to look at politics as like NFL teams. Oh, you're a Cowboy fan. Oh, you're a Giants fan. Oh, you're a Cowboy fan. Oh, I can't like you. You're a Giants fan. Oh, I can't like you. You're a Cowboy fan. And what you don't get is all the, all the NFL owners are all big boys network of millionaires, if not billionaires, and they just get along and drink out of champagne all the time. So with politics, the ruling elite all have much more in common with themselves than they do with you, the common man, who they use and who they speak platitudes to, to the constituency, to get you to like them or perhaps vote for them if you believe that black box or electronic voting hasn't skewed our elections. So let's just make the assumption that our elections are still legit. They have more in common with each other. So the way I like, the way I like to, to kind of use the analogy is wrestling. And I think I've used this analogy before. It's like Hulk Hogan versus the Sheik back in the 80s, all right? So you got the good guys are like, yay, Hulk Hogan, beat the Sheik, beat the Sheik. And the Sheik's people are like, oh, beat Hulk Hogan. He's a goody-goody. I don't want to take my vitamins, you know? And so they fight, and the, and the people in the crowd are like, yeah, go Hulk, go, 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 Sheik, beat him, beat him. And they get all invested. And then afterwards, the, the Hulk and the Sheik are all friends, and they have a drink afterwards. It's all a charade. It's all a charade to get you worked up. Okay, the ruling elite have utter disdain for us. Most of them don't even believe in their true ideology. And I would say that's about Republicans. Most of the Republicans are are really liberals or moderates in Republican or conservative clothing. I really believe AOC and Pelosi are total liberal, whackedist, leftist, whack jobs. Okay, I don't I don't think that they're dissembling at all. But you have really two choices. You have the Democratic Party, which is the more extremist, radical, faster road to international socialism and then you have the republicans which are the the slower road to international socialism we don't have a party that really represents true conservative values in america and i'm not a teapotter or whatever tea domer like i've never voted republican you guys know i am more libertarian but i've never even voted libertarian to be honest because the politicians politics are all sham it's all a sham a mirage to get you worked up Bread and circus, bread and circus, right? Entertain the people, feed the people, distract the people with television, 
Back in the old days, it was with chariot races, gladiator fights, and keep them well-fed and keep them stupid to distract them from who the true enemy is, which are our politicians. Our politicians are corrupt to the core. You cannot get to the national level, even the state level, you know, shoot, even the mayoral level without being bought out, corrupted, and just slimy to the core. Okay, a great comedy that you need to watch is Veep, which is on HBO, and I think it's probably on Amazon now. Veep is a great example of how brilliant politicians really are. It's just, just venal to the core. They're willing to sell out anyone and anything to get into office. Macho break. And so these people, even on the mayoral level, they, they, people, our politicians are selected, not elected, in that you don't get to choose from a mass pool of a thousand people to pick as your leader. Right, you get one shield thrown up by the Republicans and one shield thrown up by the Democrat to to vote for in every election. Right, so it's it's and these people are bought off, completely bought off, completely venal and corrupted. You even see on both parties, but let's say the Republican Party, oh, this guy's good and upstanding. And then if you do research, or later on it comes out in the news, oh, he was a pedophile, oh, he was cheating, oh, he was embezzling. All these guys are embezzling. That's why they don't want term limitations. They don't want term limitations because why are you gonna bite the hand that feeds you? These guys make so much money being in office, not just from the crappy salary, but all the kind of fringe benefits they get from being in office, all the speeches they get to do, all the the bought-off contributions they get from the horrors and the lobbyists and so forth. They make so much money off of this. That's why they're never going to put in term limitations. They're like, oh, we need seasoned politicians in the Senate, in the House, because if not, the government would not run. That, that's just freaking nonsense. We need term limitations. But again, they're more interested in empowering themselves and keeping themselves in power than caring about the true American people. So if you realize that the Republicans and Democrats are just a bunch of, the politicians are just a bunch of just corrupt, to the core, horrific people, then you can understand how supporting either party makes no sense because they're both corrupt and evil to the core. Now, even if you don't want to believe me, because I know a lot of you are just not cynical people and you want to believe that they can affect change, uh, there's nothing you can do about national national politics. There's nothing you can do. So why stress about it? You're like, oh, Trump's going to build the wall. Oh, this is bad for immigrants. He's anti-immigrant. Oh, my God. Look, if you're building a wall, first of all, you're not anti-immigrant. You're anti-illegal immigrant. A country has a right to protect its sovereignty and protect its borders. Mexico has a wall with Guatemala, and they turn back people all the time. There's nothing wrong with having a determination of who comes into our country. Back in Ellis Island and Galveston and San Fran back 120 years ago, we turned back people all the time if we thought they had tuberculosis or if they were unfit. We turned we turned their butts back. So look, I don't have a problem with a wall at all. We have a right to protect ourselves. And if, if we don't have a right to protect ourselves and we have open borders, then people are just going to come in and then they're going to be on the welfare state, which burdens all taxpayers, not to mention it lowers our IQ pool which means later on, 50, 100 years from now, we're not going to have as smart of a population. So, I mean, we don't want that. None of We don't want any of that. Oh, diversity, diversity. All right. If you look at diversity, the, the left espouses how important diversity is. Okay. So, but if they really thought diversity was important, let's look at the areas where they dominate in terms of the scene. So, you look at academia, right? Ed- education, especially universities. You look at uh, the, the press, the media, Hollywood. 
So let's just look at academia. If you look at a typical university, let's say an anthropology department, history department, out of the 18 professors, 17 are going to be left, and maybe one who's been tenured is right. When they get a applicant application for a new professor, and let's say he is right wing, are they going to be like, oh, you know, we espouse diversity and tolerance all the time, so we're going to let this guy in? No, they never do. They never do. They want to maintain their power of influencing, corrupting, inculcating the youth. So they throw it out. So the left is not about diversity unless their div- your, div- your diversity or your ideology adheres to their ideology. Then they're like, oh, we're diverse, diverse. But if you look at the areas where they control everything, they don't actually practice what they preach. But let, let's try to stay focused. So national stuff let's let's talk about abortion okay abortion is never going to be overturned roe v wade will never be overturned in this country ever why because it suits the ruling elite the ruling elite adheres to eugenics go back to that episode i did on planned parenthood and margaret sanger's view of eugenics they believe in eugenics they believe the world is overpopulated we've talked about how that's a sham go to the episode on on overpopulation is a sham year 2050 or so we're going to max out the world population around 10 billion and then after that it's going to precipitously decline to the point where we're not going to have enough for replacement levels and we're going to do an episode on on uh, the birthing rates in the united states pretty soon but uh, we're going to have a, a demographic demographic collapse all around the world but certainly in the west i mean the white man is going to could be gone in 250 years completely so that's kind of a sham but in general they believe in population control the ruling elite does go go to agenda 21 go to the club of rome look at the, all these elite groups white papers look at the georgia guidestones which i mentioned before so the left of course wants to maintain uh, abortion rights quote, quote unquote and but the right are like oh no abortion's wrong abortion's wrong look I, i'm sure there are some few well-meaning politicians who believe that it's wrong but it ultimately goes to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is always going to be packed with moderates and right because it's not in their best interest to uh, make it illegal. Because again, we've already killed 50 million babies in America because of abortion since 1973. And if you look at that, how many of those 50 million babies would have had babies by now, right? A lot of them would have had the third generation of kids now. So you're looking at a snowball of at least 100 million people in the United States that are not contributing to the economy. And a country is only as strong as as how many babies it has. So it is extremely detrimental to our economy that we don't have these children. Now, a lot of you would say, oh, okay, well, they could be on welfare. Maybe they could be on welfare because, as I mentioned in that episode, Planned Parenthood normally targets minorities, dim-witted, low-IQ, hillbilly types, and unfortunately, blacks and Hispanics. Look at their history. I'm not making this stuff up. They put Planned Parenthood clinics in the poor areas of town on purpose. So yeah, some of those kids probably could have ended up on welfare state. Uh, but some of them, maybe not. Maybe they were just, you know, good good kids who got knocked up at 17 and their boyfriend or parents pushed them to have uh, an abortion. And so some of those could have been contributing people to the economy. But either way, we get all worked up. Oh, abortion needs to be, you know, protected like Georgia, like Alyssa Milano and the sex strike, all that idiocy. Oh, it needs to be protected. And then the other side, the right's like, oh, no, we need to protect the babies. Oh, like Definitely, I think we abortion is a, a heinous evil. It's a heinous evil. But my point is, like, there's no point in stressing it over because it's not going to be overturned. It's never going to be overturned. So my point is this. Understand that our politicians and the political machine, the ruling elite is corrupt to the core. They only espouse things just like the Sheik and, and Hulk Hogan. 
the 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 Republican leadership would be like, yeah, you constituents, you hillbillies in the flyover country, in the flyover states like Kansas and Missouri, yeah, we don't even give a crap about you, but we just go visit you and tell you, oh, free, you know, more jobs, uh, we hate China, uh, protect the wall, uh, less taxation, oh, abortion, oh, yeah. They just speak the platitude so the people are like, yay, yay, you're fighting for us. They ain't fighting for you. They're fighting for themselves, enriching themselves. Guys, wake up. So going back to anxiety and going back, there are people who just sit around and watch TV like, oh, I hate Trump. He's a horrible narcissist. Oh, my God, he's destroying this country. Impeach him, impeach him. He is a narcissist, no doubt. Okay. Or Hillary. Oh, Hillary was wearing, you know, uh, Karl Marx caps on the on, on his husband's on her husband's inauguration day. She's a crypto uh, crypto Bolshevik. Oh, you know, they killed uh, Foster, Vincent Foster. All you know. Ultimately, who gives a crap? Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. You can't affect change on the national level. Look, even if you believe in the electoral college, let's say you live in New York and you're a Republican. Let's just say the the few in upstate New York. Your vote doesn't mean anything because of the Electoral College. It doesn't mean anything. Let's, let's say you're a liberal in Oklahoma. Your vote doesn't mean crap in the national election because Oklahoma's always going to go Republican. But even if it did, even if you are pro-borders or pro-wall or anti-wall, getting worked up about it is pointless. You can't affect change. There's nothing you can do about it. Say if you're a governor, the governor race, you know, it, you can't affect change. Okay, some of you are like, oh, this is so anti-American, you know, the founding fathers believed we could affect change. That was a radically different world. Okay, we are so far from the founding fathers, they'd be vomiting in the graves right now if they saw how we've lost federalism, states' rights are pretty much gone, the federal government is just this leviathan, going back to Hobbes, this disgusting machine that we've created. They'd be flipping in their graves if they saw what it was. But you see people who watch the nightly news or they watch four or five hours of CNN or Fox and they watch the, quote, pundits. And all they do is just talk. Yam, 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 yam. They get the round table, four or five people. Yam, yam. What do you think? Yam, 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 And then they're fighting, fighting, fighting. And then you're siding with one. Oh, he's wrong. He's wrong. Oh, no, he's right. Oh, you're being mean on her. O'Reilly or, you know, whoever. I don't. You get all, all wound up for what? Fox, CNN. Again, they don't care. They just want the ratings. Rupert Murdoch, Fox. Rupert Murdoch runs a lot of, or he did run a lot of TV stations around the world. And all the other ones he runs are liberal stations. But he saw a vacuum here in America for news 20 years ago. He's like, well, CNN's big, but they're left. Hey, I'm a smart businessman. I'm just going to create a news company that's on the right. Okay, that's on the right. So look, Fox doesn't give a damn about you. CNN doesn't give you a damn. They just want you glued to the TV for the ratings. And if you know anything about the news ratings, they're dropping super, super precipitously. CNN's ratings have dropped like in the last 10, 15 years because people are not, to your credit, you're not as much sheeple anymore and you're going to the internet. Now, now looking at internet sources does have its you know pitfalls, but still. You're not believing the crap. Same for the nightly news. Old people mostly watch the 5.30, 6.30 in the East, uh, nightly news. And uh, those ratings have dropped because the the youth don't believe in it. And, and again, you know that they're just feeding you what they want you to know in those 30 minutes. Okay, They're not feeding you true news. Uh, that's the problem with the media is that they just spin it in a way to before they present it to you. So you only learn 
not just what they want you to know in those six news reviews, recaps they can do in 30 minutes, but they present it in a way to manipulate you. Like my mom, she'll watch Univision because she's an immigrant from Mexico. She came here in the 60s. And every every time I watch Univision with my mom, it's always the same. Every news thing has to do with illegals. 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 It's always about everything. Because again, who watches Univision? The illegal immigrants who just came across uh, from from Mexico who are not assimilating. They should be watching white TV, and some of them are, but most of them are still watching uh, Spanish television. And so, of course, they want to they want to get the, the the immigrants on their side. So they portray all these sympathetic illegal immigrant stories. Oh, this child starving after they cross the border, or Trump's putting all these people in camps, and everything on TV sounds that way because they're trying to stir the sympathy. And that really only works for females because typically men use the logic and women use the emotions when they watch stuff. But my point is they just they just want you to watch for the ratings. They don't really care about you. And so you just see these these pundits. Most of these television stations just have hour after hour pundits, 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 pundits. Meow, 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 talk, 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 talk. And then you're all worked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, you want to reduce your anxiety. Aside from getting off social media, which is one of the biggest reasons why our teens today have the highest rate of depression, suicide, and anxiety of recorded history, get off social media. Don't be fighting politics with people on Facebook. There's like no point, or on Twitter. There's no point. Just disengage from all of that nonsense. Oh, my tea's getting cold. I better finish up here. Disengage from that. Look. You want to reduce your anxiety, turn off the TV. Look, if you really want to reduce your anxiety, just go to streaming television. I'm not going to tell you to get off the TV completely because, come on, come on we're, we're hooked on screens. Go to the episode where a typical American watches 11 hours of TV or screens a day. I would say get off of network news, get off of cable, all those commercials. I unplugged the cord three years ago. Now I just have streaming, so I have Netflix, Amazon, HBO. And... Every time I go to a place that has commercials, it drives me crazy because, you know, the commercials are always a little louder. They make them a little louder than the actual show that you're watching. And it's just blah, 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 sell, sell, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't handle it. So look, unplug the cord. You don't need your news. I honestly have not watched my local news here in San Antonio in years. And I certainly don't watch cable news because I don't have cable news. But there's no point. Why watch cable news? And here's my ending point here. Why watch cable news? If A, it just increases your anxiety, and B, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do to affect change on any level. Now, maybe on the local level, you can by marching or petitioning your mayor or getting some ballot put in, but we don't see a lot of local news on CNN and MSNBC and and Fox, right? It's all national news. So there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. So unplug from the matrix. Take the red pill and realize this is all for show. The ruling elite have more in common with each other than with us. They hate us. It's corrupt. It is corrupt to the core. The TV stations just want your ratings. They don't care about you. The politicians will tell you whatever they think they want that you want them to say for them to get reelected. Okay, realize that they're all corrupt. Don't put in this like like Mr. Chips goes to Hollywood idealism into some of our politicians. Just come on, guys, wake up. That they're not like that. They are corrupt to the core. So look, if you want to reduce your anxiety, no, don't be taking Xanax. Xanax, oh, please hope don't don't be on Xanax. We've already talked about the withdrawal off Xanax is horrible. All the benzos. That's why some people just stay on them forever because trying to get off of them is too hard. 
Don't get on them. If you're anxious, how about how about taking walks, exercising, meditate, sleep more. If you're going to watch TV, watch relaxing stuff. But get off of the politics, man. Get off of the politics. It's a waste of time. There's nothing you can do. Unplug. All right. That's all I have to say today. I'm not even going to have the extra music. Uh, actually, I am because we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. All right, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones this year, don't listen to this part. All right, so Benioff and Weiss, these were the, the showrunners for Game of Thrones the last eight seasons. They did a shitty job. This started in season seven. If you go back, ooh, might be, it's one of the episodes I did with Katie. Maybe it was the Clean Pantry. We talked about season seven of Game of Thrones. And the, 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 the decline of Game of Thrones started with season seven, for sure. Now, they got off of the books. The last book ends with season five where John gets stabbed. So they didn't have Martin's direct writing anymore to be inspired. But season six was good. Battle of the Bastards. You had the church militant taking over in uh, King's Landing. You know, you had the blowing up of the Sept and Tommen killing himself, all that. But season seven, man, they just rushed it. I, the, the best way for me to summarize the last two seasons is jetpacking. The jetpacking is the term where they speed up things that are that are unrealistic to, to get to certain plot points. So my biggest problem with, with season eight and with season seven is they just rushed everything. Now, Benioff and Weiss had the option from HBO to do 10 episodes this last season. They said, no, we can do it in six long ones. Certainly you can see it. I mean, they rushed so much stuff. And that's why so many of the fans are upset. See, so many, it's like, it's like when you break up, they say the opposite of love is, is, is not hate, but indifference. And if people really didn't care for the show, then you wouldn't see the Twitter sphere and people reacting so upsetly to uh, how season eight went because a lot of people really loved this show. The early seasons were fantastic and they were invested in it. And to see some of these characters get such a shoddy treatment due to being rushed uh, angers people. And that's why so many people are upset. Now, there's two camps of GOT fans. There's those who watch it, like let's say my high school students who shouldn't be watching it. But a lot of people watch it because it's like Marvel, right? Whoa, the special effects. Oh, cool, dragons. Oh, cool, cool. And then other people watch it for plot development, character development. So I think most of the people who are into the CGI loved season eight because CGI, I mean, the season eight CGI was incredibly great. I mean, the, the, the battle scenes were great. Uh, the finale having Danny with, with Drogon's wings coming from behind her. I mean, just, just so many great images. So Benioff and Weiss did a great job on the CGI. But it was it came at the expense of plot and character development. So the, the older people, I think, are more into that plot and character development. And that got shoddy treatment this entire season, really going back to, to season seven. Like, for example, a great, a great example of season seven was with that stupid plot story about let's go beyond the wall and grab a white so we could show Cersei, blah, blah. Now, looking back, of course, none of that you know, made any sense at all because Cersei didn't send the troops. But So they go over there, and then they're surrounded, and then John's like, it sends... Um, who does he send? He sends the uh, the Baratheon bastard. Uh, he goes, go run, run back, go run, get to the wall and tell Danny. So we're supposed to believe as they're being surrounded and overnight on that little island while the whites are waiting for the, the water to freeze. So the, Gendry. So that boy, Gendry's running all the way back to the wall. 
They send a raven all the way to Dragonstone, where Danny is. Then Danny gets on her dragon and flies all the way up to the north. You know, like the first like six seasons, it made it sound like it took like two months to go from the wall to King's Landing or Dorne if you want to go further south. So, but, but that's what we call jetpacking, right? They had to, they had to jetpack all that just to get Danny to get up there. But you saw a lot of that in season name. It's it, it, some oh, like like in the, in the Battle of Winterfell, like right? You you think the whole. Uh, Dothraki, they're all like wiped out, right? They're in that that charge of the light brigade scene at the beginning of the Battle of Winterfell, right? You think all the Dothraki wiped out, but surprisingly, in episode seven and eight, like when she's giving that that Nazi uh, speech at the beginning, remind me of like like uh, Lenny Wiffenstahl's uh, the Triumph of the Whale, all the the old Nazi propaganda videos. There's like thousands of them. Like, where do they all cover? So it's those little things like that. Also, we talked about the Battle of Winterfell. It's like Sam's overrun with whites. You know, but John walks past him to get to the dragon to fight the. You know, but somehow Sam survives. Everybody survives, in that in that episode. And then you know, my major plot points, like with Seven, uh, when Danny snaps. Like I didn't have a problem with Danny snapping. To me, that was part of her arc. And they, and they kind of had like precinct uh, antecedents scattered throughout the seven seasons of her being unhinged and snapping. But the way there was no time they didn't do an extra scene it was just like oh i'm on the dragon the bells just rang i'm just gonna snap because i got you know i got rebuked by a man and i lost my best friend well if that was the case then every woman would be shooting up the streets of any city in america i mean come on come on but i had a, i had a problem with that one and then i had a problem with the way jamie and and, and uh cersei died it's like come on someone had to go cersei i don't care if she was pregnant the fact that the rubble fell on her and then the next episode of course Tyrion has just got to pick up like three bricks and then he finds them holding each other. Well, three bricks are going to kill you? I mean, I understand, again, this is jetpacking for plot. They need to move it along. So if they showed him like lifting 50 blocks or having to get people, the Unsullied to help him lift up 50 blocks to find them, because that takes too long, right? So this last episode, uh, Danny getting killed by John was fine. I, I would like to have seen Danny say something like, oh, you betrayed me or say some words. It's just like this quiet sleep. She just falls over and it just dies. And then the dragon comes because, of course, the dragons understand the metaphor of the Iron Throne because they're so intelligent. So he burns down the Iron Throne. All right, whatever. Fine. Then he just flies away. Okay. And then we don't know what the time elapse is, right? Tyrion comes out of the prison and then now all the lords are there. And who knows, has it been like a month, two months, five months? We have no idea, right? But again, it's all about jetpacking. They got to jetpack. They got to fit everything in. So then, so, so like Tyrion's a prisoner. Okay, but you, Tyrion, you're a prisoner. We're going to listen to you. Oh, you think you think Bran should be the uh, the king? Okay, we'll believe you, even though you're a prisoner. And so the, the, and the, the classic part, I mean... The, the the uh the part of Sam believing in democracy, come on. I mean that's so antiquated, they weren't gonna do that. But the whole part about Brand being like, Well, that's why I'm here. Who played the game the best? Brand is freaking maniacal. Maniacal. Like on one level I have no problem with, with them giving Brand the throne. But the whole the whole line of that's why I'm here. So you're saying this guy who they really never established with his weird magical powers as a three eyed raven. So, so what we're, we're 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 meant to believe is that he allowed all these people to die in the Battle of Winterfell. Then he allowed all these innocent people to be burnt alive by Danny. So then he allowed John to kill Danny. Everything up to the point just so he can be elected king. So he allowed all these innocents to die just so he could sit on the Iron Throne. This guy is more pathological, maniacal than anyone combined. And like two episodes beforehand, he told Tyrion, "Like oh, I don't want to sit on the Iron Throne. I don't want to." 
God, he's such a dull character. But, but uh, yeah, so now he's the king, right? It's like, okay. Yeah. And then John, like, no one brings up John. And then it's like, we need justice. The, the gray worm is like, we need justice. We need justice. Okay, so fine. Good. My prediction was, if you go back to the episode we talked about, my prediction was that the last scene was going to be John walking up into the north. So I was dead on that. The only thing I didn't get was, I thought Cersei was, I thought, I'm sorry, I thought Sansa was going to run the um, the Seven Kingdoms. I didn't think about the independent north, which was fine. I didn't have a problem with that plot spin. And I didn't think Bran was going to be the, the king. But John walking in the north, I, I got that. But anyways, go back. So once once the unsullied leaves, so Grey Worm's like, I'm on a boat. I'm going to go to North because Masande's from there, whatever, blah, blah. As soon as that boat leaves, they can just bring John back, right? Just bring John back. He deserved to be the king, but whatever. Okay, John's plot development through season eight was heinous. This guy was a hero. He was like the epitome of the warrior knight, warrior king, Great guy, right? So what did he do in season eight? Oh, Battle Winterfell, he re- he rode a dragon. Okay, then he, he fought off the dragon. He, he didn't do anything in the Battle Winterfell, really. And then he didn't do anything in the battle for King's Landing, right? He he was telling everybody, stop, stop fighting, stop fighting. He didn't do anything there. And then uh, they just kind of like emasculated his role. I mean, the only, the only important thing he did was kill Danny. Now, going back to his, his lineage and his parentage, what was the whole point of building up eight seasons of who his parents really were, how he's half Targaryen and half Stark? What was the point of that now? What was the point of that? If he just went back to the wall and he wasn't even considered to be a king uh, for the election, what was the point of that? Th- th- that didn't pay off at all. I mean, look, I could go off forever of all the ways they shortchanged these these characters in this this episode but i don't want to i don't want to go too long-winded at all i had no problem with aria exploring they could maybe do a spinoff if macy williams can't find a job in 10 years she can always come back and get paid like 50 million dollars to do a, a got spinoff with new showrunners so i don't have a problem if they do that i think that'd be great um uh, you know sansa becoming the queen of the north i think that's great you know there, there was some plot payoff <laughs> Poor Brienne, you know, she just got she just got the little one night quickie with Jamie, and Jamie's like, "Yeah, you weren't that good in bed. I'm gonna go back to Cersei." And so now she's left writing about him. You know, it would have been funny how she wrote something like, "And yeah, he died protecting his queen, and he had a small penis." There's some little dig toward him for for him shafting her at the end. But like overall, I think people are upset because they love this show, and I think like with the like with Lost or Breaking Bad or all these like great shows, Mad Men, with time. You know, give it a year or two, people are going to forget this last season and just look at the whole season, a series as a whole and realize it was an incredible show. I mean, it was an incredible show. We never had a show like that before on television. That that uh, The special effects, the battle sequences, go back to Hard Home and Battle of the Bastards and all these scenes, just, we've never seen that on television. So it's going to be, be seen as groundbreaking. And it was great in terms of plot and character development. It's just an incredible show. It's just it's just a shame that they ended it so rushed. That being said, Martin has a great opportunity now for if he ever finishes the book uh, to to write it the way people want it to be because people are so angry. I think that people were angry at Martin for not finishing this book. Now I think it's probably a blessing because now they they handled the ending of this so shoddily. People are going to want to buy the book to see how he wanted to end it. Maybe he wanted to end it with Bran. Uh, being the king, and I could see that because you know the whole idea behind 
Westeros is, you know, it's the land of, you know, broken people, bastards, and, and so forth. So I could see the the broken person becoming king. But I would love to see how he's going to change things. And maybe he's going to change things because he saw how things were received in uh, the TV show, and he might change in the book. But I think when the book comes out, and hopefully he finishes it, people are going to buy it, and they're going to eat that crap up. All right, guys, as always, subscribe to Holistic Health News and the other two episodes or the other two podcast series, Katie's Essential Apothecary and Confessions of an Obese Child, and post a review for those as well. Until next time, guys, take care. God bless and bye-bye. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Buy the Confessions of an Obese Child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails. <laughs>